Hi and welcome to the Digital Accessibility Podcast with me, your host, Joe James. Throughout this series, I will be interviewing professionals who work within the space to share their expertise, journeys and general thoughts on the key issues facing the industry today. My aim is to provide an in-depth look into the world of digital accessibility and the impact it has on the lives of anyone who interacts with digital technology. Our goal is to bridge the skills gap in the current market and inspire others to join the movement towards a more accessible digital world. So whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, I hope that this platform will provide you with valuable insights and practical advice from experts and advocates in this extremely important community. Today on this pilot episode, I'm joined by Jane Abbott, um, the owner and managing director of PCR Digital. Jane has been my mentor and the reason I've had the opportunity to research and discover the world of digital accessibility. She's mentored me and many others on the practicalities of recruiting specialists within the field and has a true passion for general accessibility, diversity and inclusion. So welcome to the podcast, Jane. I hope that intro does you justice. It was lovely, thank you. Brilliant. And congratulations also, we've recently um, had the accreditation of the woman-led business at PCR Digital, so it's great to see. I know, it feels a little bit like I'm a fraud, but we are women-led, so there you go. You can't be a fraud, (laughs) can you? (laughs) It's a true thing that's happened, so that's brilliant. Um, But thank you again, and I guess, I've given a little bit of an intro, so obviously you are managing uh, director of PCR Digital, where I work, and the uh, the sponsor of the show. Um, but could you share with the listeners a, a bit more about your background, or um, I guess leading into your experience of, of digital accessibility as well? Yeah, so before I was leading PCR, I was just like you, Joe, I was a recruitment consultant and um, a lot of the work I did at the time was um, finding front-end developers um, for companies like uh, BBC and um, smaller companies and e-commerce companies. Um, And those front-end developers used a lot of tools and I can remember the first time I was like, JAWS, what is JAWS? And that was literally the first time that I had to research that tool, ask the people I was talking to, what is it? And even then, when they said it's an accessibility tool, I still didn't really understand it because I'd never heard of accessibility in the digital world. But that was my very first um, sort of, you know, getting to know what it was, why they used it, who used it. And then um, one of our contractors, Um, became a manager um, in a company who was setting up a whole accessibility team and um, he came to me asking for accessibility experts with front-end skills and I couldn't find any to begin with but that's how the whole thing started really. Amazing I think I know which company you're talking about but for legal reasons we can't mention who they are Um, but very I mean huge huge company and one of the the forerunners I think for accessibility um, with their products and services. So it's uh, amazing that that was the first sort of um, company that you were helping to find these people for. And I'm currently working with them myself and it's um, it's still a challenge, you know, and yeah, that's probably yeah. what, six, seven, well, I think it's 10 years ago, wasn't it? We started working with them. Over, so. uh, yeah, I think it's over 11 now, so a long time. Amazing. Um, but amazing to think that it's probably still as hard now 
to find people with those skills. Um, 10 years in the digital or technological world is a lifetime, you know, mm. the amount of changes. But to think that has that much really changed when it comes to accessibility? Because I think people are still struggling to use services and, and tools or applications, um, even hardware. Um, it's funny because before we started recording, we were both talking about wearing our glasses on the call, yeah. and, and it's, even that is a form of assistive technology. Um, but I think, we, you know, you think 10 years ago, um, someone might just be using a computer all the time, and then you think how the phones have developed, and then, you, you know, it, it's endless, isn't it? All the applications that we use and that should be accessible. So the job of accessibility professionals just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that's it's forever changing, um, and it's always going to be that way, I think. I don't think yeah. there's ever going to be a full stop at the end no. of the digital world. So it's... Uh, I guess everyone keeping everyone on their toes um, at every step of the way. Um, yeah. And I guess it's a, a big part of it is awareness. Um, awareness, like you said, um, uh, when someone said about this accessibility tool and well, I'm not quite sure what accessibility actually is. Um, and it is a word with quite a few meanings. Um, you know, you could think of that as access to a physical building or, or you know, even access to a system um without thinking about additional needs or uh, potentially having impairments or disabilities so yeah. in terms of awareness have you have yourself or pcr digital done anything over the years to help sort of raise awareness for accessibility so raising i guess i guess our primary role was to find people with accessibility skills and because we couldn't find them we sort of thought how are we going to do this what 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 can we do to help our client so that's when um, I headed up the um, London Accessibility Meetup group and started it. And literally, I think there was like 12 people and then there were 18 people. And I handed it over after a while and there's now 3000 people in that group. But all of those people who are presenting at that meetup was, you know, making everyone who went and the recordings, making them aware of accessibility and talking more about it. So that forum was really, really good for awareness. But just in terms of, um, you know, talking to our clients who might not be aware of it, you know, it's something I think when they're asking for those skills and just asking what they're doing about it, some companies are still doing absolutely nothing and not even aware of it, um, whereas others are and want to do more. So I think it's just in our DNA now because it's so big for us so yeah. we do talk about it yeah and that's yeah I guess it is just keeping it within conversation um because it shouldn't really be a taboo subject but I think there are quite a lot of companies that I mean we live in a society where it, you know we have to be profitable there has to be a return on our investment and unfortunately you can see the likes of say Twitter where the entire accessibility team were pretty much made redundant um not too long ago now and it's not something that I think is a viable thing to do I don't think that you should you know it's a personal opinion I suppose that I'm raising there but um, yeah. not having a team that's actually helping your platform or your services be used by a hundred percent of the population you know instead of 85 percent of the population you know it's 15 percent of people in the world that have a recognizable disability or um, impairment of some form that's not even taking into consideration those of us like you and I that have 
you know what we might see as everyday needs like yeah, yeah. wearing uh, reading glasses when you're using a phone um or just an aging population you know that's yeah. still something to consider um not that my gran uses twitter but i'm sure that <laughs> as as we get older um we might be using those types of platforms because we've grown up with them um we will for sure and I, you know that those redundancies you know like you say there's a commercial reason for it at the moment and in a world in a way you could think okay so everything is accessible as a you know at the moment but three months down the line six months whoever goes back in there it's going to be a horrible job for them because you know and it it is an ongoing thing I think in the world of um, sort of digital accessibility because as soon as anything changes on the website or an app or something then it you know is it still accessible has it been audited has it been tested um, so it'll cost them more won't it you know down the line to bring back a team I guess it's exactly that and we've had quite a few I've seen quite a few posts this year alone about um, the difference in cost um as as you move along the software development life cycle so if you're starting to think about accessibility in the design phase before you've actually invested any money on development um it's i think it's 30 times cheaper um oh, really? than, than if it's in development stage because if mm. you've already thought about it you don't you're not having to refactor any code you're not having to you know start from scratch potentially um or implement new things and then when you get further and further down the line there's just so much more work you need to do to sort of yeah. undo what you've done to put it right and um it does pay to think about things before you know putting boots on ground and yeah. Uh, bummed in seats and that's coming from us um as recruiters you know yeah um but i think that it's it's very interesting but yeah maintaining that conversation across the board is always going to be so important and hopefully that's what this will do but, you know more and more people will understand the needs um for this discussion um mm. but i guess it's it has evolved and there is more awareness i, I personally feel that might be because i'm working in the space and I'm talking to people in that area every day but have you started to see a bit more out there sort of on social media and things or I, th I think the public sector is where we're seeing um most of the demand most of the concern um you know they've they've got a remit to be helping everyone within you know who use who uses their sites and things so um, you know, the UK population, really. So I can see why they're doing it. But I also think companies, some companies who are doing it are very, they, they don't need to shout about it. You know, it's just part and parcel of what they're doing because they believe it's right. And you wouldn't necessarily know that they have people, you know, they might not even have an accessibility team, but they might have some really good developers who are implementing it and trying to, um, you know, be the advocates in the business for it. So it's not always easy to see where it's happening. And um, it's always nice when you do hear about companies doing it, but I know a lot of companies don't shout about it. That's true. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head with with that comment about um, there may be some developers or designers or, or people in the technical teams that are advocates for accessibility for their own reasons, their own personal interests maybe. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, the, the investment isn't there from those that are making decisions within the company and that can really affect things further down the line but also as talking as a recruiter or someone in the sort of resourcing space it's not great for retaining good 
start you know quality staff i've spoken to countless front-end developers who have said if if you're a front-end engineer or developer and you're not thinking about accessibility then you can't really be doing the full job because that's more or less what your job is isn't it you know making sure that what you develop is accessible to people that um and regardless of of needs um i know there's more ingrained detail when it comes to additional um needs or assistive technologies but um that resonated with me um but so what's the starting point then joe of accessibility because <laughs> i i'm talking about web developers you're talking about web developers but actually it's probably the design stage and you know really a whole group of people talking about it that makes up the accessibility team isn't it it is but i also think it's i mean it's it's similar to the information security or cyber security space because i used to see that as something that is just you know you've got a platform and then right we need to make sure it's a separate thing we need to make mm. sure it's secure but actually you've got things like DevSecOps instead of devops where it's ingrained within every single part of the software development life cycle i think we need that for accessibility because not only does it just need to be spoken about or thought about at the design phase through development, you need to understand the nuances of how to actually make something a bit more accessible. Um, even through testing, you need people that are looking out for the right things, being able to get into that the mind of the user who has yeah. an additional need. But not even that, you know, you need to make sure you're including those groups of people um, and not just discounting them. Mm. I think that's a big part of the problem is you don't see the barriers because if you are an able-bodied person with no additional needs you wouldn't see anything as a particular barrier you know no. oh well i can read the the text on my screen just fine at that size so why should i need to amend it you know yeah. because they've they've not had to consider it so i think it's a from my point of view i think it is a, a mindset shift that's needed mm -hmm. um and i think that a lot of people are talking about um, implementing it within university um, as well so technical roles and just having it as part of the syllabus because you need to sort of ingrain it within the full role rather than just um, an, yeah, an additional absolutely. yeah so that's you know I mean that'd be interesting to see how that goes and I'm following a few people in the space so um, I'm hoping actually to have a lady on um, and a future episode to talk about that as well so that would be great that'd be really interesting yeah see how it's going brilliant um, and um, I did have another question here for you. Go so I think we've already spoken about this actually. So reading glasses, you know, is, is a big one for us because yeah. we both use them. Um, yeah. uh, but what would you say are some of the, the common misconceptions about digital accessibility? Um, I think, I mean, we have really talked about it, haven't we? And, and you probably know more than I do these days, but it it's just that, you know, what, just because you're an able-bodied, you know, someone looks like they're absolutely fine. You can't, um, you can't sort of go, well, that's, you know, there's, uh, my husband's got glaucoma. That's a, another visibility thing. And I know that sometimes when they're training um, accessibility, they get to wear different glasses and see how different people with different problems see things. But to us, these people might look like you or I, you know, um, so I, the awareness is, is a massive great thing that we have to try and you know understand and share isn't it because that's the whole thing and you just said it as well that when um sorry i'm not going to say this very well but but 
when developers are developing, they have to understand what are all the different things that people might have problems or issues with. So, yeah, I think yeah. compassion as well, isn't it? It's having that sort of empathy for not everyone's going to have the same life experiences as you do and um but being able to sort of have that out of body you know like yeah, this yeah. Isn't, i'm not just developing for myself it's it's thinking about others and um knowing that everyone's different you know yeah. there's no such thing as normal um there isn't is there <laughs> which is worrying isn't it but um, yeah. all my life i thought i was normal but maybe i'm not um it's um yeah, it's a very fascinating space um, and beyond the sort of physical uh, disabilities or impairments that people might have, such as sort of motor or uh, visual or audio impairments, there's also a lot of work in the neurodiversity sort mm. of space as well. So attention deficit disorder, I think that there's so many people out there that have suffered with this for so long that haven't realised. Um, one of the um, the leaders of accessibility at PwC recently announced um, that he was diagnosed. Um, I won't name him or anything because I don't know if it, he's put it out there on LinkedIn and things yeah, on social yeah. media. But um, after all these years, you know, he's working in the accessibility space, making things better for people with neurodiverse um, sort of needs. Um, and, you know, later on in his sort of career, he's now thought, oh, actually, I'm making things better for myself. Um, that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and um, though that's a very much invisible, um, quote unquote, disability. Um, yeah. Those that have sort of neurodiverse, uh, um, neurodiversities, I think that's the phrase, I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, it is never ending. And a lot of people, unfortunately, see it as too much like hard work, I think, but mm. they're, in part of raising awareness, it's also raising the awareness of the the positive effects, the return yeah. on that investment. Like we've said, 15% of people globally are registered to have a disability. So that's 15% of the market that you may have um, discounted. So when you yeah. include them, hopefully you're, you'll see an increase on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on your sort of revenues. But um, oh, brilliant. And then do you have any sort of advice for anyone that's looking at um, getting into this sort of space at all or um, yeah just in that sort of area? I I mean one I think the something like the accessibility meetup is just great and there's others now they're in Glasgow and other cities aren't they so there are a number of those so if you can get to one of those or see when one is happening I think um, it just opens up a whole other world and also they're a really nice bunch of people you know like mm -hmm. it, yeah. they'll talk and share um but otherwise i guess joe they should be getting in touch with you <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully hopefully well but, as a um... recruiter and advising i think you know the space really well and um i think you can you've seen the transferable skills and you've seen the jobs and what skills they have so i think you know if you're really wanting to work in that space and you're kind of got digital or tech skills then it is worth a chat with you to kind of understand what's out there and what's your roles definitely and i like that you've mentioned that as well that it's it's having that understanding and and i've only got that through having conversations with people in this space and that's the reason i've decided to 
Um, it's very fulfilling. I think the work that the people do that I help find roles in the area is extremely fulfilling. They feel that it's, you know, tech for good. It's it, they're actually making a real positive difference to so many people's lives. Um, and you can do that without being in the accessibility space. Don't get mm. me wrong. Um, but even for me, it's just having conversations with with people um, that's grown my knowledge of the, the field and it's absolutely fascinating to see what can be achieved through techn technological advancements and just knowledge of um, and, and just sharing of experience, I think, because opening your eyes that no two people have the same experience in life, no. um, even identical twins. Um, <laughs> it's just fascinating. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Um, and you know me, Jane, I'm very inquisitive, so I love to ask a question or two. So. <laughs> definitely but brilliant thank you so much um and for for the chat and and for everything so um i guess that will be a wrap for this this episode but just want to um thank you so much again for this first episode um we've got future guests that are lined up and and hopefully raring to go and we'll be discussing a bit more sort of hands-on accessibility um i'm looking forward to sort of discussing their current work and what they're doing in upcoming episodes um but if you are listening and you're looking to build an accessibility team um yourself or take your own career in that sort of direction then i am here to help and i've got sort of years of experience and a a large network within accessibility um and the resources to help you achieve those goals as well so don't hesitate to reach out um i can be you can find all of our jobs posted on www.pcrdigital.com. Uh, I can be found on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter at PCRJoe, or you can email me at uh, joe.james at pcrdigital.com. Uh, but after all of that, thank you again for tuning in. Um, can't wait to bring you even more expert insights and practical advice in the next episode. And thanks again, Jane. Thanks. Bye. Bye.